All right, Father, we thank you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is a lighting. I would say every veil is taken off everyone's heart this morning. And we say there is no confusion in this atmosphere. Everyone can behold you as we see ourselves in you. There is light, there is clarity. And we say we behold you, Jesus, as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified as you, as we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're not sounding like you mean it. Amen. All right. Third John 2. We continue our series on healing. Third John 2. Uh, we'll just look at some few things this morning and by next week Sunday we'll round up our series on healing. Third John 2, we said um, John was praying for Gaius. He says in Third John verse 2, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So I told you this is one of the apostolic prayers that ought to be prayed. So I've told you before that there is the Pauline prayer, Pauline prayer in Ephesians 1 verse 16 to 23, um, Ephesians 3 verse 14 to 20, uh, Philippians 1 verse 9 to 11, Colossians 1 verse 9 to 11, Philemon 1 verse 4 to 6. You read all of those prayers, 2 Thessalonians 3, Hebrews 13, the Hebrew prayer, the Petaline prayer. This is now the John, John Hine, John Hine, <laughs> the Joanna, <laughs> or Joanne. Joanna, <laughs> I'm just joking. The jo John, John prayer. And it is one of the apostolic prayers that ought to be prayed. So I can pray for someone and I can pray for myself to be healed. So that means if you are having any defect in your body, you already know the kind of prayer to pray, right? If you're having any issue in your body, let's say your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, <laughs> your your sweetheart, your bitter heart <laughs> is feeling down. You know, John, Paul, John, verse 2. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. And in 1 John, verse 5 to 14, 1 John 5, 14, it says, and this is the confidence that we have, that we have in him, that if we have anything, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Look at in verse 15, and now it says, And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. So I can pray for somebody, I can pray for myself to be healed, and I know that God hears me. Praise God. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I know that God hears me. You're not saying like you mean it. God hears me. God hears me. So it means healing is the will of God. Healing is the will of God for my life. Healing is the will of God for my family. Healing is the will of God for my friends. Healing is the will of God for my disciples. Healing is the will of God for my church members. I will to God that there will be nobody in our church who is sick and we can't minister to the person. I will to God that there will be no church member who will say, I can't come to church just because I'm sick. You know, you don't go to, I, I just sense to tell you this, you know, you don't stay at home when you are sick. You don't get healing in your bed, you get healing in church. Are you getting what I'm saying? When we were younger, we used to have that mindset that when I'm sick, or when I mean sick now, I mean when I'm, because there's different conditions, different, when, you know, now in America, now if you say you are sick, it means you're having running nose, or you're having a cold, so there's not different issues around the word sick now. So, but what I mean is when you have an illness, 
in your body. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> when you have an illness in your body, you don't stay at home. You, you come to church. It is in church you get healing. I can tell you, people have said, people, people can tell you, Christians who have done this, have proven it and tested this, that the very minute they are feeling down, they, they drag themselves to church and just by sitting down, even just in the midst of the praise and worship, they were healed. Church is where the power of God is. When we come together like this, we are gathered with the power of God. God's presence is here. God's spirit is here. He is here with us. So when you are physically healed, you don't stay back at home to say, oh, I'm just going to rest at home now just because I'm, I'm not physically okay. No, you come to church. Don't you believe that we can heal you here? You don't believe it? Your neighbor can heal you. That's why I'm teaching you this. Your neighbor can just say, in the name of Jesus, the power of God works in your body now, affecting the healing and the cure. Hallelujah. So the God, church is where you get it. Tell your neighbor, say, church is where you get healed. But you know, you can get it in your house, you can get it in your school, you can get it at your workplace, you can get it on your way as you're driving, just by feeding on the word. You can get healed. You can get healed everywhere. So I just want to tell you that when you are sick, when you're feeling down, come to church. Church, you will find strength here. Praise God. So settle that in your mind that healing is God's will. I want you to settle that in your mind that healing is God's will. Healing is God's unconditional response to sickness. Healing is God's unconditional response to sickness. Healing is God's will for our lives. Healing is God's will for our family. Healing is God's will for our friends. Healing is God's will for our siblings. Healing is God's will for your co-worker, your business partners. Healing is God's will for them. Healing is God's will. Sickness is not judgment from God. I want you to know that a lot of people think, we, we, we have this archaic thinking that when you are sick, it is God trying to teach you a lesson. God doesn't teach you a lesson with sickness. God doesn't teach you a lesson with sickness. He doesn't do that. The scriptures told us in Matthew, it says, how, how would your father give you snake or serpents to eat? He doesn't punish you with bad stuff. So sickness is not a judgment from God. Sickness is not judgment from God. So settle that in your mind. Because everybody that Jesus healed in the four gospels were sinners. They've not believed the gospel. Everyone that Jesus healed were sinners. So let this stay so strong on your mind that healing is God's will for my life. So when you see that feverishness in your body, when you see that defect in your body, flu, those things, just know God wants you whole. God wants your body healed. God wants your body whole. God wants you healed of sicknesses, of diseases, of, every, of any ailment. God wants you whole. So you can pray the prayer every day, third John verse 2. You can pray it every day. You can pray it every morning, every afternoon, every evening. You can pray it every day. So, because Kennedy again said, wrong thinking will produce wrong believing, and wrong believing will produce wrong actions. I'll say it again. Wrong thinking will produce wrong believing, and wrong believing will produce wrong actions. So if you think wrongly, you are going to believe wrongly. And that stems from many of the things we share on the pulpit also. Because if I teach you wrongly, you're going to believe wrongly. 
Imagine you go to a church that they tell you, oh, that sickness is God trying to thirst you, God trying to judge you. Then the next Sunday, they tell you that that Sunday, then the next Sunday, the pastor tells you God is good. How do you explain God is good with what he told you the last Sunday? Are you getting what I'm saying? So wrong thinking will produce wrong believing. So you must learn to think well. You must learn to think that God wants you whole. God wants you well. God wants the best for you. God wants you to be, to be okay. So wrong thinking produces wrong believing. And wrong believing will produce wrong action. So think right and think the word of God. Tell your neighbor, say think right, think right. and think the word of God. Think right. So I, 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 I tell people, and if you've, you've listened to me over the years, I've told, I tell people, especially those in the medical professions, I've always told them that you should, you, you, those, those, those of you in the medical professions, you need to do a whole lot of renewing of your mind. I, I tell you this all the time. So all of you that work in hospitals, um, um, you are an healthcare worker, you have something to deal with, you have a lot of renewing of your mind to do because you can legit see sickness as a norm. You are seeing people dying all the time, you know, you are seeing people in pains all the time. You will naturally just think it's a norm. No, it's not a norm. It's not a norm because your faith in Christ should supersede your career. Your faith in Christ should supersede your career. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your faith in Christ to supersede your career. So we've studied before that healing is the children's bread. How many of you remember that? Healing is the children's bread. And uh, we saw last Sunday that healing is the function of the world. That you should learn to apply the word like what? Like a medicine. I don't know if you remember that. We said healing is the children's bread. Healing is the function of the word that you can fake the word of God like your drug, like a medication, like a dosage. You can fake it like a medicine. So we studied that before. So now look at in Act 10 verse 38. Act 10 verse 38. Act 10 verse 38. Healing. You know, I would to God that very soon we'll be having healing schools where all of you in this church I won't be conducting it we'll just have we'll have it like a one week seminar miracles extraordinary and all of you in this church would be ministering healing to people how about that? tell your neighbor say how about that? how about that? We'll call it, I, I, we intend to, start, probably, we're trusting God by the Spirit of God. Maybe we'll start that next year, and I'll just teach, and probably teach on healing. Then I'll call any of you, and I'll say, you minister to that person. We, we invite people who you seek, you minister to that person. Everyone must learn to work miracles. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, I don't feel going to learn how to do that. You have to learn how to heal the sick. I know some of you already know how to do it. I know some of you don't know. But everybody is going to know. Are you getting what I'm saying? After investigating it, it says, How Jesus anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So there is a way we need to see Jesus in the scriptures. 
when I was younger, when I was growing as a Christian, when I first got born again, I saw Jesus as my ticket to going to heaven. How many of you saw Jesus that way too? As your ticket to going to heaven. That if you don't believe in Jesus, <laughs> you're going to die. You're going to perish. There's going to be gnashing of teeth. That was the one that scared me the most. That statement, gnashing of teeth. And then I now saw one boxing something. Maybe Mike Tyson those times. And he boxed somebody and then I took, <laughs> then I took a picture of it. And then I said, somebody now explained to me, I said, you see how this guy's teeth did? He said, that's how your teeth is going to, <laughs> said, that's how your, that's the meaning of gnashing. The person explained to me, I said, that's the explanation of gnashing of teeth. Uh, I got scared, bro. I got to give my life to Christ. <laughs> but <laughs> if you study the gospel, <laughs> you know, those days are, <laughs> those days are really amazing. So you wake up every morning and you'll be like, Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. Have you seen that I've committed? Sin that will not make me go to heaven. If you will come today, Lord, please, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> oh boy. You know, if you study the four Gospels, before redemption, Jesus functioned a whole lot as a healer. So you must, it is how you see Jesus that you are going to reflect. So I saw Jesus as my ticket to going to heaven. I didn't see him as anything other than that. I saw Jesus as my ticket to going to heaven. So every other thing didn't really concern me. So as a believer, remember I told you wrong thinking will produce wrong believing, right? So imagine that is the only thing you know Jesus as, your ticket to going to heaven. But you do, you've made heaven already in Christ. Glory to God. You are seated there already. Ephesians 2 verse 6. You see, you are seated with him in heavenly places. You are there with him right now. So everyone who has made, who has believed the gospel is seated with Christ right now. We are not trying to go to heaven. We've already made it to heaven. Glory to God. Heaven has come down to us already. Hallelujah. So if you study the four Gospels before redemption, Jesus functioned a whole lot as a healer. If you read the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will notice that Jesus was functioning a whole lot as a healer. He was just healing the sick, going everywhere, healing the sick. So it was something he started doing as he started his ministry. He summarized the we can so now Peter did something to us in this afternoon verse 38. He summarized the entire ministry of Jesus and said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Hallelujah. So Peter was summarizing the book of Acts here and saying that in the four Gospels, Jesus went about doing good. I remember I've always told you in the last two sections we've done, I said that if he didn't heal people in the four Gospels, then he was not an healer. Because in, in Exodus 15 verse 26, it says, I am the Lord that he let thee. In the book of Psalms, it says, I healed thee and I forgive thee of all thy iniquities. So if he didn't heal in the four Gospels, it would not have been said as the Jesus. It would not have been said as the word who became flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the thing that characterized Jesus' ministry is the ministry of healing the sick. So 
Jesus was actually in his office. You know when somebody is in his office, he's in his authority. Are you getting what I'm saying? I watched a, I watched a video. I don't know if you know this guy on TikTok, um, um, Daniel Mack, that, that goes about and asks people, what do you do for a living? I don't know if I found that, that guy out. They say, what do you do for a living? You see people wish, can say, what do you do for a living? All right. So he, I saw he met the, United, the president of the United States and asked the president and said, what do you do for a living? And the president of the United States said, I'm married to Jill Biden and I, I, I make sure that in America they own, they own electric cars. And that's what I do for a living. You know? That is in his office. Now, that is in his... Now, what he did, I like how he said it. I actually love how he said it. If it was maybe Trump now, Trump would probably have said, I, I president the United States for a living. <laughs> but he just said, I'm married to my wife for a living. I did it. He didn't even mention... He just said, I make sure that in America, we make electric vehicles. And that's what I do for a living. That's cute, right? It's not pompous, right? I like that. Now, but if he was in the Oval Office, because uh, I, I, I found that, that there are about, I think, two offices that the president uses. There is the Oval Office and there is another office where he uses to attend to other things. So in the Oval Office, that's where he signs most of the documents, do all of those things and, and all. So now, when he's in the Oval Office and addressing the United States, Jew, his wife, would not see him as, he could see him as the husband, right? But that's the United States president speaking because he is in his office. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now, if you wanted to see Jesus as the carpenter, <laughs> that is his part-time job. <laughs> or the job that he inherited from his father. But right now, when he's healing the sick, we can safely say he's functioning in his office. As an emeritus, the owner of healing. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, he is God. So he, when he, when you don't know, you don't understand. Those guys in the four gospels, I believe they, they had some, they didn't understand what they saw. They were seeing God face to face. God was coming to touch them and say, be healed. And they didn't understand. Wow. God walked upon the face of the earth. God became a man, walked upon the face of the earth. And men still didn't believe. So, is it in our today's day <laughs> when we just only have the Bible? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. So, in the four Gospels, Jesus was in his office. So, if somebody is in his office, all you need to do is just to go and meet him. So, Jesus was never out of his office. He was always in his office. So, that is why Jesus is known that people, Jesus is so known that people go to his meetings and be healed. They recognized his office. And that's, see, just, just as a side note, you need to learn to see believers in their office, especially the office of a pastor. If you see me now as your brother, you're going to receive a brother's reward. But if you see me as your pastor, you're going to receive a pastor's reward. The Bible says in Mark says, it says, either receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, receives a prophet's reward. Now, so they saw Jesus in his office. So it means 
Jesus was always, so now we mean that even when Jesus was with his disciples, even when Jesus was healing, was eating, sorry, even when Jesus was, obviously Jesus would go to the toilet. He was a man. So I say, eh, really? Yeah, he went to the toilet. He was a man. You don't eat. There's a principle of life. If you eat, you go to the toilet. If you don't want to go to the toilet, don't eat. In fact, these days, if you don't even eat, as far as you drink water, you still go to the toilet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works now. <laughs> it's like the body system has really changed. <laughs> the, the end times are ringing here. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. <laughs> anyway, now, so that would mean if Jesus was eating, he is still in his office. So, you need to learn to recognize and see people in their office. You know the person sitting next to you can be who God will use to bless you. The person sitting next to you can be a prophet of God. But a lot of us just like to commonize things and despise people. We just like to, oh, what's, what's so special about him? What's, what's this? Uh, it can bless me. You know? I'll tell you a story. My call to ministry today was recognized by a friend. I've told you this story before. A friend of, a friend of mine recognized my call to ministry. He just told me, he spoke in Yoruba language, he just said, Oleshena, Oleshena means you can do it. And that was it. And I heard God. I wanted to run away. I mean, he told me they, they wanted to pick, they wanted to call me or ordain me or something. I said, ooh. I said, ah, thank you for telling me. I wanted to leave and go back home. He just said, no, you can do it. I showed some of you who followed me to Nigeria last December. I showed you the spot. I said, this is the exact spot he told me I can do it. And I heard God. Just imagine I've see, I saw him just like a common person. I won't probably be in the ministry today. Probably I won't be preaching today. Maybe you'll be in another church today. Or somebody else will be, will be standing here. <laughs> you know? So you must learn to see people in that office. Learn to see people in that office. So Jesus was always in his office. He was always in his office. So if he is alive today, how many of you know Jesus is alive today? Right? Okay. So if he is alive today, he is always in that office. <laughs> so can we say in this service he's in his office? Right? Right? Because he is alive today. Because he is... So now, let me explain. He says, I am the God that he let thee. It means that everything about God is healing. I like that song. Jesus, your name is healing. Jesus, your name brings life. Jesus, your name we break every struggle. Jesus, your name is life. You know, his name is healing. His person is healing. So, if he's alive today, because he rose from the dead, glory to God, so if he is alive today, he is still functioning in that office. Hallelujah. There are some group of people called secessionists who said the gifts of the spirit died with the last apostle. They are mad. When you see them, tell them I said they are mad. The gifts of the spirit function died with the last apostles. So we don't, we don't see 
they, there's no need for the gifts of the spirit anymore in our today's day again. Okay, the power of God doesn't work. If you see any of them, bring them to me, please. Let me use them to let me use their own self to teach them <laughs> power of God works. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So he is alive and he's still in that office. He is not an ex-healer. You know, he is in the four gospels, he's not going to heal again, no. He's not an ex-healer. That is why in Acts theory, let's let's look at something very carefully in the scriptures. Look at in Acts theory. I want to show you something because I want you to have a confidence that you can heal the sick. Glory to God. I want you to have that confidence. Look at in Acts three. So he says, look at in Acts three. Let's start from verse um, two. It says, and a certain man from his mother's womb was carried, and they laid. Daily and live daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask out of them that entered into the temple. Verse 3 says, Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple ask for arms? Look at verse 5. It says, And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. Wow. And he gave it to them, expecting to receive something. <laughs> you know, he's, an, he's a beggar, right? You know, if you say, Look at me, if you, you know, yeah, in America, beggars are a bit polished. But I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it like in Africa right now, where beggars, you know these are true beggars. You know, There's beggars and there's, there's categories of begging. In fact, I used to see some videos, I don't know if it is true, where they say beggars in America are rich. They are just disguising. They just have, they have their car parked somewhere. They'll just do makeup for us and come and stand and get our money. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I just saw videos. <laughs> so you're not going to see a beggar and say, Pastor said they are parked their line. I did not know. <laughs> All right, look at this. And he gave it to them in verse 5, expecting to receive something of them. In verse 6, this, and Peter said, Silver and gold I have none. Such as I have, I give thee. What does he have? He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Look at him, verse 7. And he took him by his right hand and lifted him. And immediately, lo, we go. God, his feet and ankle bones received strength. Now, why could this miracle happen? Because Jesus is still alive. You can't heal in the name of Allah. That's why no miracles happen there. Allah doesn't heal the sick. Allah is dead. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. Only Jesus rose from the dead. And Jesus is alive. So why do you use the name of Jesus whenever you want to heal the sick? Have a consciousness in your mind that he is alive. So remember, when he was alive in the four Gospels, did he heal the sick? When he prayed for the sick, did they receive healing? So it means if I use his name today, I can receive healing. If I use his name to pray for the sick today, they can be healed because he is alive today. He is going to be alive tomorrow. He is still going to be alive in December. He is going to be alive next year. He's going to still be alive in the next 50 years. So if you want to use the name even in the next 50 years to heal the sick, it is going to work. Oh, you God. That's the confidence we have as Christians. I'm so glad I'm born again. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm born again. 
I can't imagine doing ministry without the power of God. I can't imagine it. I just can't imagine it. So, he is not an ex-healer. He is alive. That is why Peter had that confidence. He said, look at me. So, we have come to that point in salvation today to tell a random person and say, look at me. Why? Remember, Jesus lives with you, right? God is with you, right? How many of you know that? So, he has sealed you with the indwelling of his spirit. Ephesians 1 verse 13, 14. So, he is alive. That is why they had that confidence with him. So, instead of going to him like the four gospels where everybody was running to him, going to him, he is now alive and walking with us. That song says, your spirit in me, your power at work in me, I'm a man in Christ, supernatural man. No fear here, no doubt here. Glory to God. So, he says, so instead of going to him like the four gospels, we go to his name. Now, we don't go to his physical person anymore. We now have his name. You know, in the four Gospels, they go to him to see him physically. Now you go to his name. In the name of Jesus. So when I say in the name of Jesus, it's like saying that person is healing the sick, right? It's just like saying, I give you my credit card or my debit card. And I say, go to Walmart. Go get whatever you want. Who paid for it? You went, right? But it's my card that paid for it. So you went in my name. So can I safely say I bought it despite I didn't go there physically? Uh, Right? Exactly. That's how it works. So when I say in the name of Jesus, that confidence must dawn on you. That Jesus is alive. If he healed in the four gospels, he's still healing today. (laughs) He's going to heal tomorrow. Hallelujah. That is it. So we don't go to him physically. We go to him to his name. We have a material back there, our authority in his name. You should feed on it again. Look at him at, in Acts 9. Look at Acts 9. Acts 9, verse 33 to 34. That was why, look at Acts 9, verse 33 to 34. It says, And there found a certain man named Aeneas, which has kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. In verse 34, and Peter said to him, Hanias, Jesus Christ, make it thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. And what happened? He arose immediately. Wow. You see, they never used past tense. That's why they never used past tense for Jesus. Because Jesus is still the healer today. It says, Jesus Christ makes you whole. So can you tell somebody? When you want to preach to, when you want to teach somebody, or when you want to pray for the sea, can you say, Jesus makes you all right now? Why? Can, can, that be, can that be Jesus doing the miracle right there? Because he is still physically alive, right? Allah cannot make anybody whole. Muhammad can't make anybody whole. Buddha cannot make anybody whole. Only Jesus can do that. And he's still doing it today. He's still going to do it tomorrow. He's going to do it forever. Glory to God. So when I'm praying for the sick, you must have a consciousness. Remember, I told you wrong thinking will produce wrong believing. Wrong believing will produce wrong actions. So always believe that Jesus is alive. When you come face to face with a sickness, 
what should be on your mind jesus is alive right because in the four gospels remember what peter said in Acts 10 verse 38 how, G, how god anointed jesus of nazareth who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for god was with him so if you come face to face with anybody who is sick what should first be your first response how god anointed jesus of nazareth who went about doing good so meaning i'm about to do good with this person right now and how do i do good in his name so when i use his name can i say i'm using his person right I'm using his authority. I'm using his power. It means he's alive. Glory to God. So when you are healing the sick, have that assurance. I think I'm teaching how to heal the sick right now. <laughs> have that assurance that Jesus is the healer. And then, yes, yeah, he was a Christian. So, and this is after redemption. So healing is part of our redemption. So, if somebody asks you, is healing part of our redemption? Tell them, yes. It is part of our redemption. If it is not, it would have stopped with the four Gospels. But when Jesus rose from the dead, they were still healing the sick. Look at in Acts 14, verse 7 to 9. Acts 14, verse 7 to 9. Acts 14, verse 7 to 9. And there they preached the Gospel. Why did they preach the gospel? When you are talking about the message of Christ, you are talking about Jesus. Preaching the gospel is preaching Jesus. By talking about Jesus, you are talking about the message. Right? So he says, and they preached the gospel in verse 7. Look at in verse 8. And there sat, sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Look at verse 9. And the same heard Paul speak. Now, what was Paul speaking? Paul was speaking and preaching the gospel, right? He says, Who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Verse 10. Said with a loud voice, Stand up upright on thy feet and the leap and walk. So Peter just commanded that, Stand up! Why? Because the, he's preaching Jesus. That's why you, you need to know the right message you're preaching. When I'm preaching about... Um, when I'm preaching... Motivation. Jesus is not present in motivation and message. <laughs> Acquire to desire to require to fire. That's not Jesus. That's just motivating you. That's the philosophies of men there. So when I'm preaching Jesus, so you can be in your discipleship meeting, your follow-up meeting, and be preaching Jesus, and you can see somebody who is here, and you can say, stand up. Why? Because the name is present there. You are gathered in his name already, right? So that means if we are gathered together like this, we are gathered in his name. We are gathered in his authority. We are gathered in his person. So Peter just says, stand up upright. And he walked. Who will go? So look at in Acts 8. Look at Acts 8, verse 5 to 6. Acts 8, verse 5 to 6. It says, Then Philip went down to Samaria. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. So you need to know what you are preaching. You are preaching the message of Christ. We have a serious, this gospel, lay your hands on it. You understand what the message of Christ is. So then Peter went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. In verse 6. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. In verse 9. It says, For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taking with palsies, and they, 
and their lame and their were lame were healed. So his name, the office, is the one who healed the sick. So when I'm using his name, can I say I'm using his office? Right? Can I say, if, if, when I'm saying in the name of Jesus, can I say that's his office? That's why I told you in the authority of his name that you don't use his name to cut cake. J-E-S-U-S. You're, you're making, do you know what that name means? The name that he, the sick, you're using it to cut cake. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> his name, his person, the office, is one who used the sick. So remember I told you, there is a lot of ways we see Jesus. I can see Jesus as my Savior, Titus 1 verse 3. I can see him as my Savior. In Romans 3 verse 25, I can see him as my justification. He is my righteousness, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. He says, he that became sin, he that knew no sin, became sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. In Romans 8 verse 1, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So I can say, he is my, he is my justification. He is my righteousness. He is my peace. Ephesians 2 verse 14. He has, he has, he, he, he has made our peace. In Colossians 3, verse 1 to 2, is my life. Is our life. In 1 John 2, verse 1 to 2, is our advocate. It says, my little children, that he sin, this is a right unto you, that he sin, but if any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father. 1 John 2, verse 1 to 2. In Hebrews 2, verse 14 to 15, he is my deliverer. He delivered them who through their, who through, who through their lifetime be subject to, to bondage. He delivered them so I can see him as my deliverer. In Hebrews 2 verse 11, he is my sanctifier. Says he, both he that sanctified and he that sanctified are all of one. So he's not ashamed to call us brethren. Glory to God. So he is my sanctifier. So I can see him in different offices. As my righteousness. You know that song, my, right, my, my righteousness. Master, my king. You know, I can see him. As that, that is his office. He is my justification. He is my peace. Are you getting what I'm saying? So different is office. So whatever he does, he gives, uh, whatever he does, takes on his personality. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10, 30, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, whatever he does, takes his personality. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, it says that, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So he is made unto us wisdom. So he is my wisdom. He is my righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So whatever he does is who he is. So he saves is my savior. He heals is my healer. Right? Whatever he does is who he is. So learn to see him as your healer. In Luke 5, verse 15. So can I say he's my healer? Right? Because he heals the sick, right? Right? Because we what remember remember what I just explained now. If I say he's okay, look at it, look at something like in Ephesians 2, verse 14 now. Let's, let's, let me just retrace that again so that you understand it. Look at it in Ephesians 2 verse 14. Let's open to that place very quickly. Ephesians 2 verse 14. It says, 
but he is our peace. Can I personalize and say he's my peace? Right? Alright. So if we say he is a healer, can I personalize and say he's my healer? Right? How many of you agree? Alright, cool. Alright. So learn to see him as your healer. So look at in Luke 5, verse 15. Luke 5, verse 15. I'm about to finish this service now. Luke 5, verse 15. Luke 5, verse 15. It says. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and a great multitude came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So they came around and saw him. So don't forget, I told you, you must learn to recognize people in their office. A believer must have that recognition in their eyes. You must learn to see people. You see, they came around to hear and to be healed of their infirmities. Why? They saw him as a healer. What do you see God as? They came around. See him as your healer. So as a result of this teaching, learn to see Jesus as your healer. Look at him, Matthew 8. The centurion servant saw him as your healer. Look at Matthew 8. Matthew 8, I want to show you something in Matthew 8, the centurion servant. He says, let's see in verse, um, let's see for verse uh, 8. Matthew, let's, let's start from verse 5. Matthew 8, verse 5. A beautiful story right here. He says, and Jesus, wait, are you there? I'll wait for you. Matthew 8, verse 5. He says, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Wow. Jesus is the healer. Now look at in verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shalt come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Look at in verse 9. He was not describing, the centurion servant was not describing his, his own earthly authority to Jesus. I said, this is, said, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I said to this man, go, and he goeth. I said to another, come, and he cometh. My servant do this, and he doeth it. In verse 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith no, not in Israel. Now, look at it, verse 13. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way, and thou as, as thou hast believed, it so be done unto thee. And the servant was healed in that same, self-same hour. Just through his word. Because his word describes authority. And why? The centurion recognized Jesus in his office. Are you seeing that? The centurion recognized Jesus in his office. So you need to see Jesus in your office. So he says, speak your word only. So that shows when I pray or when somebody prays for you or when I pray or when, when your friend prays for you or when you 
Stay praying for somebody. As you've spoken the word, can we say you've given authority, right? Right? All right. So you need to receive Jesus in his authority. Look at Mark 5 verse 25. Mark 5 verse 25. Learn to see Jesus in his what? In his office. In his office. Learn to see Jesus in his what? In his office. So Jesus is always in his office. So can you say I'm always in my office also as a believer? You know, you can always heal the sick all the time. You should always be in your office. Mark, Mark 16 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. So the signs are following you, right? So that shows you are always in your office, ready to show and demonstrate the signs that follow you. And I explained to you that sign from the Greek word is from the word Simeon. It means supernatural indication. It means something that, that spark up a light. So that shows if, if some, maybe you are somewhere and you are preaching and somebody doesn't want to believe, spark up a sign. That's a supernatural indication. Let's say you gather some people together, maybe like your hostel or, or like your co-workers and you are preaching the gospel and nobody wants to believe. Switch it. Spark up a sign. It says this sign shall follow a supernatural indication. There would be a reaction immediately. Men are always thrilled with miracles. Are you getting what I'm saying? I've seen it several times. Men are thrilled with miracles. When you want to get the attentions of men, wrought a miracle. Heal is sick. Re- open a blind eye. Take out somebody on the wish here. They're going to want to know what you're talking about. Are you getting what I'm saying? I remember I met an agnostic one time, me and Noah, and the guy told us, uh, after we have had like one hour conversation with him, and I was really tired, I said, I just told him, I said, do you have any sickness in your body? He said, no. I said, do you have anybody that you know that is sick? He said, no. I said, okay, give me your number. When you have somebody that is sick, let me pray for you. I said, but if I pray for one sick, will you believe? He said, Mm, it will look like a coincidence. I say, okay. If I pray for two, he say, it will still look like. A, I say, if I pray for like three, he say, ah, I, I want to believe what you believe. I said, that's fine. I said, when you have any of them like that, that is sick, instead of taking them to the hospital, just message me. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Just message me. Signs as are, are you getting me? The attentions get that. You want to get an attention? Spark a sign. Are you getting what I'm saying? Spark it. It's, it works. All the time. All the time. So look at Mark 5. 25 to 32. Mark 5 is 25 to 32. It says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing but bettered, but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, now because she knew Jesus and recognized Jesus in the office, it says when she heard of Jesus, he came in the press behind and touched his garments. For she said, if I may touch these clothes, I shall be whole. That is because she saw him in the office. She knew everything about him as to whose healing. You know what they say, whose? It has to, everything about him has to has to, what's the word for this now? Has to radiate healing. Has to, I wish I that word again. 
Spark. Spark? No, not Spark. I have to use or no, like you have the aura of healing. Okay, aura of healing. Uh, <laughs> everything about him has an aura of healing. Uh, no, the, the aura around him. <laughs> is the aura. I rather use that word. The aura around him is healing. So he says, if I may thought, if I may but thought is clothed, I shall be made whole. I straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up. <laughs> And she felt in her body that she was healed of her plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue has gone out of him, turned and turned about him in the prayer and said, Who thrust my clothes? <laughs> like, who, 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 who sparked up something? That's a one. Disciples said unto you, Ah, oh, Benny, Master, you have come again with all this, your, with all this, yours. Spooky, spooky, spooky things. Who, what is the meaning of who touched your clothes now? Is this a parable or a mystery? <laughs> you know? The Bible said, ah. The Bible said unto Thou seest multitude thronging there and saying, Who touched your clothes? You know, disciples were doing CSI for Jesus. Say, no, Master, pass it, pass it, pass it. Don't touch our master. Don't touch our master. They were doing protocol for Jesus. And, and everybody, I'm sure Peter that will end sword. You see where they've been holding sword from? <laughs> so they say, oh, if you touch him, I will, I will cut you. <laughs> so the woman shall look for a way, look for a way, look for a way, and touch the garment. So disciples were now wondering, Master, you see that there are a lot of money. Are we not even also touching you here? And Jesus was like, ah, no. In verse 32, he looked around. He was like, these people don't understand what I'm saying. He looked around. Verse 32, he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. Are you, so, her faith, what she believed for, worked. And that's because she saw Jesus in what? In his office. In John 5, verse 2 to 9, he saw Jesus in his office. So his name, everything about him, he is the sick. His name is the sick, right? His presence is the sick. His clothes is the sick. His power is healing the sick. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember there was a story my pastor shared. He said he was in a service and he never planned to lay hands on anybody. In fact, he said he spoke so much to himself that I'm not laying hands on anybody. I'm not laying hands on anybody. I shall not lay hands on anybody. This meeting, nobody. I'm not laying hands. Everybody, I'll just preach and I will go. He said as he was just preaching and he was just doing an example. You know the power of God is here. This and that. As he touched the woman and with doing example with touching the woman, the woman has said at home that this man will touch me. This man will touch me. This man of God will touch me. This man of God will touch me. So as he touched her just by doing example, she was healed. Hallelujah. He was healed. I did the same thing. I remember I went to Nigeria some um, 2013. I heard that story years ago. So I knew this is Sunday service. There's no probability this man will lay hands on anybody. So I said, I will come early, I will sit in front, and I would to God that he will use me as an example and touch me also. And as soon as he touched me, I'm going to receive something. So he was just teaching 
staying positive in a negative you know you stay positive in a negative world he just came to me you know you stay positive in a negative world you say positive in a negative world. i just said that's it i got it love <laughs> to go and that's because i saw him in his office i was i i was i'm sure something within me would like virtual has gone out of me <laughs> are you getting what i'm saying so his name heals the sick, his presence heals the sick, his clothes heals the sick. So everything about Jesus is healing the sick. So that's to tell you, Jesus is always in his office, healing the sick. In John, what did I say the last time? John 5, right? John 5, verse 2 to 9. Is, is that the story of the man in the pool of Siloam? Uh, right? All right, verse 2 says, Jerusalem, um, which was better in the pool of... In verse 2, now it says that Jerusalem, now there is a Jerusalem market of a pool, which is called the Nebrot of Bethesda, having five porches. And they lay, uh, uh, no, this is not the story I'm looking for. I'm looking for the story where uh, Jesus spat on the floor and healed the sick. I'll get that and, and, and I'll get that verse and let you know next week. Jesus spat on the, is it it? Yes, it is. No, I mean the one Jesus spat on the floor and you the sick. That's the one I'm looking for. So, you know, there's, this, there's that story of when Jesus spat on the floor and took the sand and you the person. You know, if the person was seen, the person would be like, oh, in your mouth. Oh, that's so gross. Why would you spit on the floor? Take sand and you me. <laughs> you know, the Pharisees came to meet the guy and say, did Jesus see you? say, ah. I've, I've been healed already. <laughs> the guy said, I've been healed. I don't want to know what's happened. The man is a healer. <laughs> All I know is that I received my own sight. You know, uh, if it was you today, you say, oh, I don't do that. Maybe, maybe because you can see, but you can see what is going on. Like, maybe, maybe you have a problem with your leg and somebody spit on the floor and takes the, ah, nah, this can't heal me. <laughs> you know, you're going to have that feeling. Uh, well, Jesus, everything about Jesus was really the same. She, he just wanted to get healed and he was healed. Hallelujah. So he rose from the dead and called everything he did Holy Ghost. He rose from the dead and called everything he did his spirit. And he gave that spirit to us. He gave that spirit to the church. That's why in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4. So everything about Jesus, he used the sick. Hallelujah. His clothes, he used the sick. His hands heals the sick. Even his feet heal the sick. <laughs> wow. Are you seeing that? So, are you seeing that healing is actually God's will for every man? It is. And you as a believer, you can heal the sick. Because in, in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4, it says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit... Look at in verse 9. It says, to another faith by the Spirit, to another the gifts of healing. So he has given the gifts of healing to the church today. So when he rose from the dead, he put his spirit within our heart. You and I have the Holy Ghost. So we are functioning with the Spirit of God today. And he called everything he did upon the resurrection of his spirit. And that spirit is with the believer today. So now we can safely say there is the gifts of healing. And that is working actively in the church. 
So one benefit of Jesus' resurrection from the dead is the gifts of healing. Tell your neighbor, say the gifts of healing. You're not saying it like you mean it. Look at this, verse 28 of that same 1 Corinthians 12. It says, God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, and then the gifts of healing. The gifts of healing. So the gifts of healing is in the church. And all that has it is in this body. Everything is in this church. Gifts, there is the word charisma in the Greek. And it means, so there are diversities of the gift. And healing is in the body of Christ. Healing is in the body of Christ. So, and that's the only gift with plural. Do you notice? It's the only gift with plural. Gifts. It's called gifts. Other, other gifts are called gifts. <laughs> this one is called gifts. That's to let you know it is in abundance. In the church today. Now, somebody will say, there was no healing in the epistles. Epistles were written for spiritual growth. There was no evangelism also in the epistles. Are you getting what I'm saying? The epistles were written for spiritual growth. So, the gifts of healing has no timeline. It sets the gifts of healing in the church. Look at, that's what Paul will say in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 12. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 12. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 12. It says, Truly, the signs of the apostles were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders, and mighty deeds. Glory to God. Mighty deeds. So, healing is the work of redemption. So, Jesus, right now, is in his body. When I mean body, I mean body of Christ now. And Jesus is in his office right now. How is he in his office? Because he's in the church, right? Because he's living with you through his spirit that works in you, right? And he's walking through you to you to see. So, Jesus is in his office. So, all I just need to do, I just meditate on the word regularly and see Jesus as my healer. I just showed you his clothes, you the sick, his spirit, his spirit, you the sick, everything about him, you the sick, his word, you the sick. Everything about him was really the sick. So why would you think he wants you sick? So never think you can never get healed. Tell your neighbor, say never think you can never get healed. Say it one more time. Never think you can never get healed. Never think that way. Never think that way. Jesus is in the business of healing the sick. That is, is his specialty. So when you see a man of God on TV healing the sick, never you call it fake. That's Jesus in his office. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's Jesus in his office. Because healing is the work of our redemption. So, because remember I told you, wrong thinking will produce what? Wrong believing. Wrong believing will produce wrong actions. So you need to think right and think the word of God. A lot of people have seen Jesus on, with encounters in their dreams, revelations, and have all sorts of things. And it doesn't appear true. But we need to pay attention to the fact that God unconditionally used the sick. So if you have had Jesus in your, Jesus in your dream telling you all sorts, like, I want to punish you. That is why you are sick. That can't be Jesus. You saw the devil. 
<laughs> so we say, Jesus showed me, told me that that sickness, leave it for me. <laughs> no, that's not Jesus. That's the devil. So God unconditionally heals the sick. He heals Muslims. He heals Buddhas, Buddhist people. He heals traditional worshippers. He used people who practice sorcery and witchcraft and divinations. He used all sorts of sicknesses and disease. He's still in the business of healing the sick today. So don't tell anybody and say, be born again first before I heal you. No, all the people in the four Gospels were sinners and Jesus healed them. Because Jesus hasn't died, Jesus hasn't been buried, Jesus hasn't rose again. So, Jesus is my healer. Hallelujah. Say, Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my healer. No, 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 you're not saying it like you mean it. You're not saying it like you mean it. Jesus is my healer. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus is my healer. He's the same person. He's the same person. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he healed the sick in the Old Testament, he physically did it in the, in the four Gospels, he did it through the apostles in the book of Acts, he is still doing it through you today. Holy to God. He is still doing it today. Jesus is my healer. So the Bible is a book of facts, and you must see him in his office. See, I learned to see Jesus, to see Jesus. in his office, in his office. And, I and I see Jesus as my healer. As my healer. Go ahead and just worship the name of the Lord this morning. See Jesus as your healer. See Jesus as your healer. I see Jesus as my healer. Oh, you God. I see Jesus as my healer. Say, Jesus is my healer. You are not saying like you say, Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my healer. There is no sickness that Jesus can't heal. You are not saying like you mean There is no sickness that Jesus can't heal. Anytime I feel sick, Anytime I feel down, I'm confident that Jesus will heal me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my healer. He is alive today. Glory to God. He's alive today. So when you are at home, feeling feverish, remember Jesus is still alive. He is not dead. Glory to God. He is still alive. He is alive in the bus parks. He is alive in Walmart when you are pre- praying for the sick. He is alive on your outreach. Uh, when you are doing evangelism, he is, allowed, he, is, he is alive in your fellowship meetings. He is alive in your conferences, in your church meetings. He is alive. He is alive today. Glory to God. I see strange miracles walking through all of us. Especially creative miracles. Miracles of stretching out of things. Creative miracles. Creative miracles. Creative miracles. is going to happen through every one of us. Because Jesus is our healer. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our healer. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.